This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You're listening to the MomWell Podcast. Today, I'm excited to welcome Amy Kiefer and Crystal Howell, co-founders of Expecting and Empowered, to the show. Crystal is a women's health physical therapist, and Amy is a personal trainer, registered nurse, and trained doula. Together, they founded Expecting and Empowered to teach moms how to safely exercise and take care of their bodies during pregnancy and the postpartum period. I don't often talk about postpartum fitness on the show, and there's a reason for that. Many of us were raised in diet culture or already carried negative body images into pregnancy. Then as we grow and watch the number on the scale increase or leave the hospital with a body that still looks several months pregnant, we may feel pressure to get our pre-baby body back or lose the baby weight. We often become so hard on ourselves. When we look in the mirror, we tend to be critical of our stretch marks, skin that might now hang a little bit loose, or section scars that weren't there before. And we often overlook the ways that our body is strong and serves us each day. But I also know that there are many physical health concerns that are interwoven with our mental health, and that we don't always know where to turn or how to take care of our physical bodies postpartum. Chronic pain can impact our capacity and ability to cope. Complications postpartum can impact our self-esteem and our relationships. Having a positive conversation about postpartum fitness and strength that doesn't focus on intense workouts that are unrealistic for many of us or goals that involve a pant size or a number on the scale is important. And so I'm going to try my best to facilitate that conversation today. In this episode, Crystal, Amy, and I unpack the link between physical health and mental health during the postpartum period and how to adjust our mindset about postpartum fitness along with our goals and expectations of ourselves. We also talk about how valuable breathing can be both in the mental health space and for physical recovery as well. We also highlight common physical issues moms might face in the postpartum period and how to start their journey towards recovering. But before jumping in, let's hear our iTunes review of the week. This review comes from MaryMe1220, and it's titled, This Podcast. I can't begin to express just how much this podcast comes up in my daily conversations with fellow moms. The beauty of linking science with the joys, triumphs, and challenges of motherhood brings a new dimension to what it means to care for oneself holistically so we can care for our babies in the best way possible. Erica, if I'm ever in Canada, drinks on me. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave this review. You have no idea how much it means that you and the moms in your circle are finding value in the podcast and using it to spark important conversations and connections. We find so much comfort in knowing that we are not the only ones and that we're in this motherhood experience together. For those of you who are listening, I want you to know I really appreciate your feedback and I appreciate when you take the time to leave us a review and let us know what you love about the podcast. Now let's hear my conversation with Amy and Crystal, co-founders of Expecting and Empowered. The postpartum period is a major transition in your life. Overnight, you went from being able to care for yourself to having a little baby rely on you for every need. Sleep deprivation, crying, uncertainty in your parenting choices, these can all take a toll on your mental health. While baby blues are normal and will resolve on their own in a few weeks, many moms suffer from more. If you find yourself irritable, depressed, anxious, experiencing loss of interest in the things you used to enjoy, or simply feeling unlike yourself, you could be experiencing postpartum depression or anxiety. It might be time to seek help. Our qualified maternal mental health specialists are here to support moms across Canada and the United States. You shouldn't have to cope alone. Our mom counselors and postpartum therapists are ready to support you. Find out if we serve your area and book a free 15-minute virtual consultation at momwell.com slash booking. That's momwell.com slash booking. Welcome to the MomWell Podcast, where we're committed to helping you cope with the load of motherhood. I'm your host, registered psychotherapist and founder of MomWell, Erica Jossa. At MomWell, we know that motherhood is hard, but care shouldn't be. 
we're committed to providing you with knowledge, tools, and support to navigate the challenges of motherhood. Our mission is to put moms back on the priority list and empower them to create a mental wellness toolbox free from judgment, fear, and shame. On the show, we'll be discussing topics such as postpartum depression, identity loss, the mental load of motherhood, and more. We'll be joined by experts, moms, and professionals who can offer advice, practical tips, relatable stories, and honest conversations. Here at MomWall, we believe that when a mom is well, a baby is well. So join us as we discuss the topics that matter to you with experts who get it. Together, we can redefine motherhood and change the way moms are treated. Amy, Crystal, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I have seen you and known you in this Instagram space and rubbed shoulders and things for a long time. So I'm excited just to be sitting here with you both today. Thank you for joining us and being here. Thank you so much for having us. I am so curious because we haven't had the time to connect on this level. How did your platform come to be? Because you were already pre-set up kind of virtually pre-COVID. So I'm curious, like, and I just dawned on me that you're sisters. So what a fun business partner to have. But I'm curious the inspiration for and how your platform started to grow. Yeah, what happened was Crystal and I went through having children ourselves. So we were mm. both interested in prenatal fitness. Like we are more in the physical space of helping moms. Mm-hmm. And once we went through it ourselves, we were both just taken aback because we had all of the training. Like we had the certifications, we had been in the business, but then when our bodies went through it, we we're like, holy smokes, like this is a lot on a woman. Mm. And we were both postpartum. And I remember working out at the gym. And at the time, Facebook was big. And I hopped onto Facebook after my workout. My friend Alicia posted, does anyone know what to do for pregnancy workouts? Mm. And I just read the thread that followed. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is not like people don't know what to do. I called Mm. Crystal on my ride home from the gym. I was like, Crystal, I think that we should make this easier. I think we should make this better. Like we have the knowledge to make something where women aren't questioning what is safe. What can I do? So basically Crystal said yes, right on that phone call. And everything started from there. Like we both had this passion for helping women through that season that we had seen was challenging. And then it just kind of took off. Like we showed up. Crystal is a very entertaining personality. So when we're teaching people about... I need a Crystal. I need somebody who will come in and teach and do the videos for me. (laughs) She'll she'll dress up as, you know, your lady parts and she'll be dancing on the screen. And it, it just kind of made education not only more accessible, but more entertaining. And so I think people were just really attracted to us diving into topics like we'll cover anything. Mm. We'll cover postpartum sex. Crystal recorded from her hospital bed after her C-section. Like people don't know what that looks like. Mm. And I think we did a good job of showing people. And then of course we have our app, which tells women exactly what to do during pregnancy and during postpartum when it comes to workouts. Mm-hmm. I find that I'm in the like psychological, emotional, mental health space supporting women, and you're in the physical space. But one of the things that I find comes up a lot that interferes, sort of, it crosses over, is if there is like painful sex, it starts to interfere with relationships. If there is incontinence or like something where there's embarrassment, then it impacts how they feel about their bodies and their self-esteem. And so there's a real relationship here, I feel like, in the work that we do because there can be so many things in the postpartum period that almost feel taboo to talk about. Like, is this normal? Do other people feel this? Have they gone through this? Can I talk about it? So to put it out there in a way that feels accessible Mm -hmm. and feels relatable that people have a safe space to know that they can bring some of these topics up is really helpful because ultimately it does have an impact on our mental health and vice versa. Like our mental health can also have an impact in our motivation to want to move and take care of our bodies. So I definitely see like a link and a connection in the work that we do. Yeah. The more and more that I treat patients too, I feel like they actually can't be like unwoven, right? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. we hold emotional tensions in our body 
and we have physical problems that hold back the emotional side and emotional things that hold back the physical side. So I feel like it's really important to address both of them because we want people to be well, feel well, Mm. move well, like be clear-minded. Yeah. And I'm curious to know, I guess sort of high level before we dive into some of the things, like what are some of the really common things that people come to you with in the postpartum period? Like I know a lot of people want to get back to movement and we'll talk about that a little bit. And there's definitely like an exercise or for better or worse, people sometimes feel even pressured to get their baby bodies back. So there's sometimes there can be an emphasis in that direction. But I'm thinking also more just in like the feeling like at home in our body kind of space, like what kinds of things do you find come up? Is it a lot anchored around different injuries and how our bodies feel different than they were before baby or? Yes. So we would love if we actually saw people through the spectrum. So like help their body during pregnancy. And then I would love if we used physical therapy as a preventative model to really, really have wellness. That's not the reality of what happens. So really what happens in the clinic is yesterday, I had two moms, their kids are literally 20s or even 30s. They're like still dealing with issues that really do stem from having children. But now they've aged, the muscles have weakened, like all of our muscles weaken, right? As we age. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes these like yellow flags that might have shown up in pregnancy, or they had a one of them had like a traumatic labor and delivery they show up and I can still physically see those scars like in their pelvic floor and all those things. And then now though, we've like learned all these compensatory patterns. So they're learning to compensate. Mm. So common things that we see in the clinic are prolapse, which is when the pelvic organs, you are feeling some heaviness in your pelvic floor or that area where having difficulty with urination or bowel movements or having pain with intercourse. And then we're also just seeing like common aches and pains. So sciatica and pubic synthesis pain, Mm. ankle injuries, low back pain to a lot of times the inability to like be able to feel calm in our own bodies. So our parasympathetic nervous system, if it is working properly, like helps us feel that like ease and calm. And so a lot of people have really stiff backs and necks. And so that's going to raise their anxiety in their body and like feel unsettled all the time. So that's Mm. something that we treat daily in the clinic, to be honest. So lots of different things. And too, it's interesting because you mentioned like the physical side of stuff. And I find that we're almost taught to complain about like one thing or one problem. And so they come in with their problem, but then they're like, I would like love if my abs like looked better and functioned better. And I feel like I think they're like ashamed often to say that, but I feel like we all want to like feel better, look Mm. better. And I don't think that is something that like should be like a side note or often not even said in the clinic because we do have the capability of getting your body restored a little bit so that you can feel better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, Interesting. I worked with pelvic floor physio throughout my pregnancy because I had, is it the pubic bone synthesis that you had mentioned, whatever it was, something popped in the freaking front of my pelvis one day and I could hardly lift my legs. I was so pregnant. I was already miserable. And then I was dealing with this pain. And so I feel like naturally we want to go like a painkiller route, right? Like, so if something comes up, we want to like treat it. And that's certainly the case for me thinking about that particular pain specifically. But I also feel like I was just so much more prone to injury while pregnant and postpartum. Like there was like a slew of things that I haven't encountered as often, thank God, knock on wood, that like when my body was changing so much, all of these new things were happening or I was constantly feeding or I would like put a rib out in my back, turning over in bed, like weird things my body felt not quite fragile because it had just done this amazing thing in birthing this human and and bringing it into the world. But also there were such special considerations I feel like I had to take sometimes. And I don't know if that's like the wear and tear of parenting or are there things going on that we need to be mindful of, especially in our postpartum body in terms of taking care of it? 
Yeah. Well, if you think about it too, we all come to pregnancy at a different baseline, right? Mm. You could have been a hockey player, right? (laughs) And me and Amy were runners. So we take like a lot of impact. I could have been in a car accident. You could have fallen off a horse. All of these things can maybe make our bodies like less apt to having beautiful movement. When we have nice movement, we have options. When our body starts to run out of options, which is what happens in pregnancy, right? We Mm. start to get disconnected from our body because our center of gravity changes, our belly expands, our diaphragm gets squished and flattened because of the baby's pushing up. The pelvic floor becomes way, way, way stretched out and tight because of that sometimes. And then women also have tight hips and ankles during pregnancy. And so we basically need to figure out how to like hit this control out delete button to reset the system. There's lots of things that we can do during pregnancy to prevent some of those pregnancy aches and pains. Like the pubic synthesis thing too, I suffered with the first time mm. I had a baby and it was literally debilitating. Like I didn't think I would be able to treat patients. And then I learned how to support my body during pregnancy. So lots of hip mobility and strengthening, and then also moving your upper back and trying to really breathe into that area. We move, we lose some of the automation in our body during pregnancy and that's going to happen, but we want to almost like fight that process. We want to be able to use our abdominals during pregnancy. We want to be able to like breathe. So the more that we can like keep those things going, the better our pregnancy would be. And then also too, like talking about start lines, then you're like starting postpartum in a really good place. And then that way we can just reteach breathing. We can reteach core things so that that postpartum period doesn't have to look like that either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like this like tension between wanting to like care for our bodies and be in our bodies and also like a protectiveness over new moms of wanting to like find acceptance in their bodies. It's interesting because I very rarely bring people on to talk about anything physical or fitness because it can be such like a predatory time for moms and new moms in their body knowing that they're feeling insecure. So it's such an important conversation for us to have right? And I'm glad that we're here having it. Well, at the same time, also in other platforms, unlike yours, or like other marketing and branding messages, kind of like prey on this time Mm -hmm. for moms. And so there is a functional piece of like, we want to be functional in our body. We want to gain strength. Yes, we may even like have a pair of jeans we want to get back into or we don't, as long as we're not shaming ourselves and it's not depleting our mental health, that pair of jeans sitting on our shelf, you know, whatever our goals might be, I think those are okay. There's also the side of me, and this is like the byproduct of the world I work in, right? When, when I'm seeing all these insecurities behind closed doors, feeling like also, oh my gosh, this is just such a hard, complex time. Mm-hmm. And our relationship with our body in this time is like going through a lot, it feels like. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, early on in our business, one thing we decided is we were going to be a company that never did before and after photos. Mm. You won't find one if you look at our feed because it was so important to us to have it be more focused on wellness Mm -hmm. and really on how that woman feels. It isn't a destination. It's more of like, we want to help you feel well Because what we know about that is that you're going to feel more like yourself sooner. We're not Mm -hmm. talking about any type of size. And we also have messaging. Crystal and I believe firmly in like when we were postpartum, we just bought bigger pants (laughs) and we bought Mm -hmm. comfortable clothes. It's not about shoving yourself back into a size. It's about allowing your body to go through this enormous transition of becoming a mother and not rushing back to anything. You know, there's no timeline for that. It's really, we've got to make sure that these women heal Mm -hmm. and that they feel well. And that's always been where we've been coming from. Mealtime with kids can be stressful, but with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals, it can be a lot easier. 
Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. No worrying about ingredients and nutrition, no prep, no mess, and no cooking while wrangling toddlers. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also, discover more than 60 add ons every week, like breakfast, on the go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up for your springtime goals. Factor can even be tailored to your schedule. Customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Take the stress out of meals with Factor. Head to factormeals.com slash momwell50 and use code momwell50 to get 50% off your first box. Want to get smarter about your health but feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction? We hear a lot about gut health, microbiomes, and other nutrition topics, but taking the time to research these is exhausting, and there's a lot of misinformation out there. The Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast makes it so much easier to get the information you need. With the help of world-leading scientists, the podcast gives you research-based information so you can make informed choices for yourself without pressure and guilt. People are loving Zoe Science and Nutrition. Listener Stephanie's Apple Review says the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast is a life-changing, science-based, myth-busting podcast. That's a must-listen for anyone who eats food and wants to understand how it affects their body. With the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast, you can join Stephanie and millions of others accessing quality information about their health. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. I remember walking into like a gym before children, being like measured on my evaluation going in and your calves should be this size and your waist should be this size and you're like, whatever, right? And if that's the experience that many of us have with movement and our bodies and exercise, where it's not about like function and strength and like mobility and these things that give us freedom of movement. And it's a lot more about trying to manipulate our bodies to be a certain way and however then I think that this time can become very confusing and difficult when I need my body to function. It is strong, but now it feels weaker. It feels these things. Of course, there's an element of like, I want a body that feels familiar. Like, how can I get back in shape in terms of like strength and things? While also so much complex messaging on this sort of emotional, psychological side. And I think that we can hold all of that and just say like, it's okay to want and to do this. But also, I think maybe like evaluate why we're doing it or being kind to ourselves. Maybe it's the story we're telling ourselves while we're doing it or why we're doing it. Because if we're like criticizing ourselves and it feels like, like you said, trying to be a certain size and like that is ultimately the focus and the goal, that feels kind of like self-torture more so than it does caring for ourselves, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because I do think there's also a side of it where women just don't take time for themselves. Yeah. And we as a business want to help them understand that they are worthy of that time. And then what we started seeing is we were getting all these emails and all these messages about how our workouts help them feel better mentally. Yeah. As you were talking about in the beginning of the episode, how these mental and physical are so interconnected. Mm -hmm. And so we just started to realize like, oh my gosh, what we're doing here is we're helping women feel better. It's not about getting them to a certain destination or pant size. It's really about like, how can we help her feel like herself? Mm -hmm. And what we realized is if we could encourage her to take some time for herself and to move her body, those were two key ingredients. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's totally in line. So we teach this acronym, um, Asherina and I, in a lot of the different uh, workshops and things we do called NESS. So it's like nutrition. So making sure we're taking care of our body. And that's not dieting. There's a big asterisk there. And then exercise, sleep, time for self and support. And that exercise is so important. There's so much research there about how 
moving our body does so much for our mood and our tolerance and our resilience and our nervous system. And there's such a mind-body connection there. I think that for me personally, and maybe a lot of others, that body piece had just like lived in this really sort of toxic space Mm -hmm. for like a long time, right? It is. We are so hard on ourselves. Yeah. So hard. It actually makes me a little bit emotional Mm -hmm. to think about for my experience, but also for the mothers in the painful spaces that I see and support them. And then there's also the knowing that it's good for us to move our bodies, but also like lacking in the motivation and the time to do that because of other, you know, things going on. So I just, yeah, I really like the perspective that you bring where you have a protective sort of lens on like, you know, your audience and what they need and sort of shield them from other toxic messaging that seeps its way in all the time, I feel like. Yeah. I think our generation has a lot of healing to do when it comes to diet culture and everything surrounding that. So even like the food piece, if we mention anything, like we make sure we work with dietitians that believe in having safe messaging. Like honestly, at the end of the day, it's safe messaging for women that we want to put out Mm -hmm. because we've seen all the predatory messaging too. And to your point, it's, it's just a very vulnerable time in a woman's life and her relationship with her body can be really challenging as all of us have probably experienced. So we try to be mm-hmm. very mindful of that in our messaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one last thing, and then we'll pivot from this. This is so sort of not what we had talked about ahead of um, of our chat today, but I think it's such a real and honest conversation for us to have is when people are spiraling out in postpartum anxiety or they are losing control of an area of their life, like transitioning into motherhood, for example, we often try to clamp down and control the things that we feel like are within our control to kind of like anchor ourselves in something when we feel like we're free falling. Oftentimes, or many times with people that I've worked with, that can be their food or their like body and their diet. It can be a lot of other areas as well. And so like we have this conversation and we're going to have conversations about like how to build our core strength and how to take care of ourselves postpartum while also acknowledging the other things that are going on during this time that if it makes exercise triggering for you or your body triggering for you, if it's a hard conversation or whatever, that it's also okay. Like if you're in a season of survival, you can put it aside or you can incorporate one small thing or take a piece of it, like whatever that needs to be for you. Because sometimes it can creep its way in and sort of become all consuming if it's what we're using to kind of control and anchor ourselves. I don't know if you hear or see things like this come up in your community Like, does the mental health component come up much? All the time. Okay. And one thing, too, that we really teach people is sometimes we need to readjust our mindset about exercise. Mm -hmm. So pre-kids, you know, like I needed to get 45 minutes to an hour of a workout in. It had to be, you know, like high intensity or cardio Mm -hmm. or like if I didn't get that time in, I didn't feel accomplished. So one thing that we'll tell people often is like, okay, even if you start the workout and your baby gets up from its nap, like two rounds in, listen, that is way more than you did before. Because sometimes too, as a mom, that's really triggering, right? Because you're out there and you're like, gosh, I can't even get 25 Mm. minutes by myself. And so lowering your standard or rechanging your mindset about exercise And sometimes it's not going to be structured. We also find it like very helpful to like this week. So this week's like a weird week because I'm getting back from a course. So my exercise, I plan to be later in the week. I think there's a lot of planning and parenting. Mm -hmm. So then we just have to make our priorities our priorities. And knowing sometimes that the simple like household stuff, like the laundry or whatever, sometimes can wait. Same thing with you know, taking time for ourselves or whatever. It's just all about, because all of us have very busy schedules and it's just about reprioritizing, rechanging your mindset about maybe not having everything look perfect mm-hmm. the way that you want it to be. And interruptions as a mom always happen. 
This is something that comes up a lot. Yeah. I love that our app, it literally celebrates you even if you just did 10 minutes. Like it gives you like Mm -hmm. a little celebration. Mm -hmm. And we're just trying to help women understand that, you know, anything you do is good. Mm -hmm. And instead of looking at, like Crystal said exactly, like if you look at at the lens of like what you didn't accomplish instead of what you did accomplish, we can be really hard on ourselves. I think this is where people get really stuck postpartum. I think as it pertains to exercise, but as it pertains to completing a lot of other tasks, Mm -hmm. right? Is that we have this, this is how I used to approach this like before children. So when we think about wanting to take care of ourselves or move our bodies postpartum, and we're trying to use the same formula or like approach that we did before kids, oh my gosh, the frustration and the dissatisfaction that we bump up against because it's an unrealistic expectation for this season that we're in. Like you said, like I can't even like take a shower or go to the bathroom by myself. Like how am I going to get this workout in, right? So I'm curious how you encourage moms or like, it sounds like anything is better than nothing is a part of the Mm -hmm. approach, it sounds like. But in terms of, I guess, when to start incorporating movement postpartum and then also like practically, like how? How are we fitting this into early motherhood? Yeah, well, it's really interesting because one of the things that we like to remind people is like, if you just think about a postpartum mom, she almost doesn't have a choice, right? Like, all of the sudden we are carrying around our baby carrier all the time and we're taking our stroller out of our SUV and we're doing all of it. We're breastfeeding like or bottle feeding and we're bent over in this position. So what we like to remind people is motherhood is so physical. Right. It's demanding on your body, right? Right. Mm -hmm. I had the worst pain in my neck after my first was born because I was constantly in this position and not doing anything to compensate. Crystal taught me a lot about what to do to get rid of that pain. And that's essentially what we're trying to do for other women. We're like, hey, here's all of these small movements and exercises that can decrease your pain and give you a better postpartum experience. I also think, like we were talking about before, when you think about exercise, I think our minds go to this place where it's intense, it's hard, it's jumping around. And our app actually starts right away in those first beginning weeks. But guess what? We're breathing. Mm. Like we're literally learning how to breathe, take diaphragmatic breaths. We're walking. We're doing very, very slow exercises to just help your core reconnect. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just like we have this toxic idea about what exercise is. And Crystal and I are trying to show women like, no, it's not that. It is healing. It is slow. It is, we're trying to help you avoid pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like that because it's such a necessary, like you said, being slumped over, like feeding. I was in a car accident before I had kids, so I'm prone to put mm-hmm. a particular rib out in my back. I could like injure myself while sleeping and rolling over in bed, like because of constantly being kind of hunched over feeding and stuff like that, right? So I functionally needed to strengthen my body just to mom, just a mother, not even to go into anything like athletic outside of that, right? So there is a real like functional feeling confident and capable in our body component here that regaining or rebuilding some of this strength like allows us to do. One of the most relentless mental loads is being the juggler of medical appointments. Researching doctors, reading reviews, making phone calls to book appointments, it's a lot of stress when you're already juggling so much invisible labor. That's what makes ZocDoc great for moms. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of highly rated in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. ZocDoc has doctors of all specialties, including therapists, psychiatrists, and psychologists with verified patient reviews so you can make sure they check all your boxes. You can find mental health providers who offer in-person appointments, virtual consults, or both, whatever works for you. The typical wait time to see a mental health provider booked on ZocDoc is just four days. Sometimes you can even book same-day appointments. Make juggling appointments easier with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash momwell 
and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated therapist, psychiatrist, or psychologist today. That's zocdoccom slash momwell. ZocDoc.com slash momwell. Mom rage often leads us to feeling ashamed, but the truth is that our rage doesn't mean we're bad moms. In fact, anger is a sign from our bodies that our needs aren't being met. As moms and therapists, Dr. Ashirin Areem's Psyched Mummy and I understand mom rage. We know that we all lose our cool sometimes, and we also know that with the right tools and strategies in place, those moments happen less often. We've teamed up and combined our years of experience to create All the Rage, Raising Kids with Less Anger and More Connection, a course designed to be your go-to resource for preventing and handling your anger. We dive into what causes your anger, how it impacts your body, how to reframe your thinking, and how to stay calm in triggering moments. And because we are all human, we also include strategies for repairing after we inevitably lose our cool. In honor of Maternal Mental Health Week, you can save $20 on the course with promo RAGE20 this week only. Don't miss out on your chance to save and make a positive change. Head to momwell.com rage and save with code RAGE20. That's momwell.com rage, code RAGE20. So we're talking about backs and then we've also mentioned core. So what are some of the kind of key areas, maybe postpartum that we might focus on strength or be aware of and mindful of? So in the body, we want to like almost think about like hitting this like control out delete button or like kind of resetting the body after a baby. One of the biggest areas that you can reset that's so helpful is our core. So when I say core, I mean our diaphragm, our pelvic floor, our abdominal muscles, and our back muscles. They all work together. So a lot of the things that you see pop up with moms are pressure-related issues. So diastasis recti, hernias, Mm. prolapse, urinary stress incontinence. That's all like, I think of the upper body sometimes and the lower body as being two separated halves. And if those halves aren't working together, there's a lot of pressure down. And so women will often think, oh, my pelvic floor, I just need to do kegels. But it's the whole body that functions together. So for example, like if our ankles are tight, we can't like absorb the force as we're walking, even with our kids, like in an apple orchard, then our pelvic floor has to compensate more. We can also have more pressure if we're short and shallow breasts. So then Mm. we hold our breath more and then we bear down on our pelvic floor. So really the pelvic floor, to be quite honest, clinically I see is such a scapegoat. It's blamed for so many things. And it's like the nice lady at church, just trying to bring a few extra side dishes and like nobody's eating them. So the pelvic floor really is like a victim area sometimes Mm. and not the main problem. So if we focus on getting our breath back, when moms are postpartum, breath is like sneaky because it always goes to the area of ease. It's like the easiest solution. Give it to me. Guess what? That is usually your expanded belly because the belly is like been so stretched out to carry that child or multiples. And so then what happens is we get dysfunctional breath and our breath should connect with our pelvic floor. What should happen is we breathe in we should be able to feel breath or the tissue relax all the way down to the pelvic floor. This is also like so helpful with GI issues, Mm. calming down our our parasympathetic system lives on the front of our mid-back. So it like helps us feel more calm in our bodies. It helps obviously with holding urine and bowel movements. So if we can start to reconnect with this, this can be so powerful. So often, like what I see the most in the clinic is when people can't breathe in their back, so their bra line. Mm. And if you think about it, that area is always tight. And it's like, yeah, because it's not like rhythmically moving with breath. So one easy thing you could do at home too, is you could bend over at a countertop and you could think about inhaling in through your nose, down your back. And think about that going all the way down to like the tip of your tailbone. You should feel it in your pelvic floor. If you can't, no big deal. There's lots of other people that cannot do that. Mm -hmm. But we think about that back area expanding and lengthening. 
This is going to help that diaphragm and the pelvic floor connect. So we want to work that breath north to south. We also want it to be 360. So really getting it to work in our back and the sides of our ribs is important. And then that, you guys, it just like kind of like helps kick the abdominals and the back muscles. Like it like puts them in their place. Like mm. the diaphragm's like the Michael Jordan of the body. <laughs> Pelvic floor might be Scotty Pippen. And then whoever else was on the bowls is Kirk. like the abdominals. <laughs> I know, I know. Dennis Rodman. <laughs> So, so I don't even know what part of our body would be done. <laughs> hilarious. It's I've never thought of like, we teach a lot of like breathing and incorporating your back and ribs has never been a thing on my radar before, but it's so true because that part stays so uh, like, especially for me, like that's where I hold all my tension, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so it stays so rigid. Yes. And so yeah, no, it's really interesting to see the core in that way. And when I was working out postpartum, oh my gosh, I was working with pelvic floor therapist. I was like deadlifting and lifting and things quite a ways postpartum, like eight months or so. And I would like bear down to get back into like lifting and exercise versus like pull my belly button in. So I had to like learn how to like hold my muscles in a particular posture even because I was like having pain. So I went back to see her and she's like, well, how like, do you do this and that when you're working out and whatever? She's like, no, like that's a full on bearing down. Like you're like pushing, like you need to be pulling up with your core. So it was just like, I didn't even know in my body that I was putting extra strain on it even. And I think that's what you had mentioned coming out the gate is like, oh no, there's so many particular things in the postpartum that you want to be mindful of, right? Yes. And our body like needs to be retaught that kind of postpartum. And it was so funny because I went to therapy after my third, I think, and she was teaching me breathing. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Like my therapist is teaching me breathing. This is like what I teach people. So like I said, those two worlds intertwine so much. Well, and I always feel like when as a clinician, I bring up breath work as like a core cornerstone of like our skills toolbox, I feel like everyone rolls their eyes like, Mm. yeah, I know I need to breathe. (laughs) So I feel the need to go on and explain like, no, you don't understand. Like these are all the reasons why this is so fundamentally important for you because without the circulation, like, and we're usually talking about being dysregulated and the fight or flight response being activated in our body. And without understanding your breath and how it moves these things through your body to reset you, You know, like we kind of like poo poo it away, but it's such a fundamental thing that especially when we're stressed or we're holding tension or however, becomes very shallow and we lose that depth and that breath. I remember Crystal telling me about her first therapy session. She's like, I feel like she needs to pick it up. I feel like she needs to like move it along. And like, isn't that what women do is like, we always want things to move faster and we want to like, we think we can skip the breathing and get to the next thing. And Mm. I was like, wait, maybe that is the point (laughs) is like, she's trying to like slow you down in some areas. So I feel like we always need that reminder, even though we would rather skip that part. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's just like an awareness building there like of our breath, of how our body's moving. Like you're saying, like as you're describing the breath should be moving your back, I'm distinctly aware of how stiff my back is not like moving with my breath right now, right? So there is like an awareness piece there. So talk to me a little bit about as we think about moms becoming more aware of their bodies and as we're having this conversation and maybe they're noticing areas that are tight or weak or whatever, what would be some like red flags? when it comes to either pain or things that might be happening with them that they should seek. I mean, proactively, we want to be taking care of our bodies. So like, and and you had said that sort of at the gate crystals, like we don't want to wait till like we're in crisis. Same with any therapy we're in. Like we don't want to wait till it's, you know, we're in crisis mode. But what would be some red flags for them to be on the lookout for maybe? Yeah, so some of those big pressure problems. So incontinence. Mm -hmm. So if you're leaking any urine or stool, people leak stool as well. Mm -hmm. That's not talked about. Anytime you're seeing that, like, so during pregnancy, 
that's very common, but it's shown in studies that you're more likely to leak again, 15 years down the road. So somebody that leaked while they were pregnant mm. is way more likely to leak as they age. And we do know that is that that's a big problem for aging adults. And then any kind of prolapse type symptoms. So a lot of people don't even know what prolapse symptoms are. Mm. So that's that heaviness in their pelvic floor. Sometimes it could feel like there's something in there or not just like in the right spot during intercourse and an inability to start the stream of urine or to fully empty your bladder. Also, sometimes the inability to have normal bowel movements mm. could be even rectocele, which is when the rectum kind of prolapses into the vaginal wall. So those are big ones. Mm -hmm. Additionally, diastasis recti is when the abdominal wall is splitting. So if it looks like there's like a little pooch at the bottom of your belly, they it's like a slang term referred to as like mom belly, but that can be pressure too, right? Because again, like we could be bearing down, like you were talking about your RDLs or whatever, we're bearing down from the top down mm -hmm. and we're not using our breath as we do things. And it's interesting because sometimes you could have those directly after postpartum. And sometimes like for me, I was like, because C-section moms tend to get DR more. So I was like, dang, I've had three C-sections and mm. have zero DR, dude. Everybody should sign up for our app. <laughs> then when I started running more intensely, like I started running at faster pace, my abdominals split later, like a mm. year later after having my third. So I was like, this is so crazy because there's things as we change what's going on in our life, it can also vary with time. And then any kind of aches and pains, like so even like Europe thing or the pubic synthesis, any ankle pains, like you shouldn't wake up and it shouldn't feel like you're in a body that feels like, you know, 10, 15 years, like past your chronological age. If you're feeling like that, then there's a lot of things that can be done. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting how maybe my body goals have shifted. I don't know. Or just as I get older, my focus becomes on just like really preserving. I, I say older. I don't know. I like, I obviously I'm getting older, but I'm like, what is middle age? What is, I don't know, existential crisis. <laughs> Coming at some point. <laughs> but as we start to think about taking care of our bodies or going into perimenopause or menopause or these types of things, I feel like my goals are to just really keep a level of health and mobility and function and flexibility and freedom of movement. It's about taking care of my body, but it's not about what maybe it wasn't in, in our 20s. You know, it was it's totally different goals now. And that functionality and the importance of some of these strength exercises or being in tune with our body in this way is just so important. If we don't take care of ourselves, kind of lose some of that function over time, right? So yeah, I yeah. I just like when I watch my children's grandparents, it's like a big spectrum. Like one of them can run around with the boys and throw them around. And the other one is having, you know, a lot of trouble getting around. So I really do look at the future and what I'm doing now to try to help mm -hmm. future me in sense of longevity and quality of life. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that the way that you tie in the positioning that like your needs matter and doing this stuff for us is important is so helpful and is so what moms need because we put our needs on the back burner so often that we don't, I don't know, prioritize things for ourselves. So seeing our needs as not even in front of the needs of our family, but like on equal playing field as the needs in our family, we want our children to move their bodies. We want them to, you know, eat balanced meals or just meals, frankly, if they would just eat their meals. And we want them to do these things. And our needs are equally as important. So I love that messaging and how um, how you all position that. So where can they learn more from you or if they're resonating with something that is maybe painful or that they've encountered that they want to learn more about, where can the listeners get more from you? Yeah, we are at Expecting and Empowered Everywhere. Um, we love to hang out on Instagram. So you can come see Crystal's education and humor over there. And then mm -hmm. our website is the place that you can find our app. We would love to send a code to go along with this podcast episode. So we'll send that over hopefully in the show notes. And um, yeah. if you guys want to join our app, we can be with you from the time that you have that positive pregnancy test until years postpartum. 
I love that. We will definitely make sure to link that in the show notes and click them through to all of the stuff that you're doing. Also, like your podcast, all the ways you're showing up and supporting women, mothers, families. So thank you so much for all that you're doing and for joining us here today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Since this conversation, I've been thinking back to those early postpartum days. I talk a lot about how hard it was mentally, but it was really hard physically as well. Relearning how to move and strengthen my body wasn't easy, and it took a good deal of being kind to myself, as well as a healthy dose of pelvic floor physiotherapy. I really value that Crystal and Amy weren't just talking about the pelvic floor as if it's the only concern moms have postpartum. Struggling with heavy car seats, twisting ankles, stress in the neck and back, there are so many pieces to the physical puzzle. Our bodies go through a lot and healing takes time. I want you to know that wherever you are on your postpartum journey, I see you. Maybe you just had a baby and you're right in the throes of feeling strange or like a foreigner in your own body. And you're wanting to accept and appreciate all that your body has done while also wanting to feel better in your own skin. Maybe you're a little further out from postpartum while still drowning in the invisible load and wanting to take care of yourself, but not knowing how to carve out the time or give yourself the permission. Or maybe you are many years down the line and you've been swarmed with mom life and haven't been able to prioritize yourself in so long that you don't even know where to start. No matter where you are or what your situation is, I want you to know that you deserve to take time to move your body, not to punish, not to restrict, or to lose weight or force yourself into a beauty standard that somebody else gave you, but to feel better, to give your body what it needs, slowly, step-by-step, one day at a time. And I want you to know that it isn't selfish to do that. If this episode resonated with you, leave me a DM and tell me what you thought or what you'd like to hear more of in the future. And if you're struggling with body image issues, overwhelm, anxiety, or any other mental health concerns we brought up in this episode today, I want you to know that you don't have to go on this journey alone. Book a free 15-minute consultation with one of our mom therapists at momwell.com slash booking. That's momwell.com slash booking. I'll see you right back here, same time, same place next week, where we are being joined by Aaron and Stephen Mitchell, founders of Couples Counseling for Parents, to discuss breaking out of the default parent role. You don't want to miss it. I'll see you right back here next week. I can't even begin to tell you how happy and honored I am that you choose to spend your time here with me each week. If you're looking for resources or links from today's show, or you need a refresh on anything we've talked about, visit our show notes. You can find the link in the episode description, or you can head directly to momwell.com slash learning center to join the momwell email list and be the first one to know about new episode drops, insider info, or freebies head to momwell.com slash newsletter. Join me next week. Until then, remember that you have to be well to momwell.